0: Welcome back to Goal Line Stuff, the show where we talk about anything and everything football related. I'm Alex Kirktree and I'm Michael San Antonio. And boy
1: do we have a show for you today. And guess what day it is today? It is New Year's Eve. We are very excited to bring you a New Year's Eve special on Goal Line Stuff today. We're going to be going through some of our picks that we've had throughout this whole year, throughout All of the podcasts that we've given you so far, we're going to be giving you some of our takes and we're going to be analyzing them, going through them. Um, We're going to go through some of our award uh, predictions before the season started, who we thought the best players in the league were going to be. And then something that I'm really excited for, Alex and I each are going to pick one team and we're going to do what their New Year's resolutions are going to be. And after that, the last thing like we do every week, we're going to be doing some rapid fire picks. And I think it's going to be a very fun and exciting episode. Are you excited, Alex? Well,
0: gosh, Michael, I can't wait. You're in a review episode. It's going to be the best one of the year.
1: It's going to be great, except exposing some of my awful takes I've had this year. And I, I have quite a few. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting seeing, you know, analyzing some of the stuff that I thought was going to happen this year that just hasn't, you know, come true. But we've gotten some things right. And it's important to, you know, Look at some of the things you got wrong and try to analyze why. So um, let's do some of that. Um, I think the first thing we should do is go before the season started. Both of us made some um, award predictions and some Super Bowl predictions. Uh, do you want to start with your uh, predictions, Alex, for that?
0: Yeah, I'll go ahead and do my Super Bowl picks. Uh, I had Buffalo beating the Rams in the Super Bowl, which of all Super Bowl picks that people had before this season, it, it doesn't sound as bad but i'm not a fan of either of those teams right now. buffalo i think still could make a super bowl run and the rams are also a very good team but i think the packers this is their year that they're actually going to win the nfc championship and make the super bowl and i think they're going to win it all. with the rams you can it's it's really easy to see the logic behind them. they have this incredible roster with tons of talent that they've done nothing but add to. they signed odell and von miller mid-season and Add that to guys like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, and the emergence of Cooper Cup with Matt Stafford as their quarterback instead of Jared Goff, they're definitely poised for a deep playoff run. It's just that at this point, I don't see it being a Super Bowl trip. With Buffalo, their defense has suffered as of late. They can't stop the run whatsoever, and their offense hasn't looked like they can really make up for it. I think they'll still probably win a wild card game, but I don't know that they'll win a divisional game. So I I don't know. In the AFC, I'd say my Super Bowl pick right now would have to be—I hate to say it—but Kansas City. Yeah, I hate to say that, but I have the Packers beating the Chiefs. If you ask me today, that's a that's a fair take. A lot of people
1: thought that that's what the Super Bowl was going to be last year, uh, but Brady had to come and spoil that, you know, for Rogers, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I disagree with you there about Rodgers and the Packers. I don't think they're making the Super Bowl even. I know that's bold. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. Um, and you know how I feel about Buffalo. Um, from the beginning of the year, I have haven't been too high on Buffalo. And I think because, you know, Josh Allen was so good last year, he got so much hype coming into this year even. I mean, I thought it was just a little too much, even for how good he was and everything. I just didn't think the Bills were going to live up to expectations. And I think I've been pretty much dead right on that so far they've been good but haven't quite been the elite team that most people thought they've been um, but I also had the Rams as my Super Bowl favorite and I had them winning against the Baltimore Ravens and <laughs> I, I just I just want to say um yeah the, I I personally as weird as this is I think I'm in the minority here I don't think most people agree with me I think the Rams are still super bowl favorites in the nfc and i don't let, think let me interrupt the strong... you there
0: let me interrupt you there matt yeah. stafford will fold like a lawn chair in the playoffs that's all i can say that's all i have to say, say, that, have there to there say. matt stafford will play. fold like a lawn chair
1: i don't know man we haven't seen matt stafford play his full potential he's never been on a great franchise in a great franchise before like i said he's i think he's only been there one time before with the lions he may have made it twice i think he only made it once though And yeah, I mean, it's the Lions, so we'll see. Um, But they're still my Super Bowl favorite. So um, while they have been a little bit worse than I thought they would be in the regular season, uh, by a couple more losses than I expected, um, you know, I I still have them as my number one team in the NFC. And I still think that they're going to make it, honestly. But on the flip, um, (laughs) the Ravens are got some explaining to do. (laughs) Do I have explaining to do that? You got Coming some into explaining the to do. So, yeah, um I think that was a little bit of a hot take. Um, but, you know, Lamar really caught fire towards the end of last year. I thought that momentum was going to go into this year. Uh, the Ravens were, you know, if Lamar didn't throw that pick six late in that Buffalo game in the divisional round, they could have easily won that game. You know, that was a quick, easy seven point flip that lost on the game. And um, I expected Lamar to kind of take a step forward this year that, you know, because of injuries, because of some inconsistent plays with the offense and, you know, um, offensive play calling, it didn't quite come to fruition, in my opinion. Um, you know, Lamar made the Pro Bowl. He's been great, but not good enough. And him getting injured hasn't helped the team at all. Corner injuries have been really bad for the Ravens. They're playing with a practice squad secondary right now. The defense hasn't quite lived up to expectations. So, I mean, they were kind of sort of a hot take. To begin with, in my opinion, I don't think I should have picked them. Obviously, I was wrong, but a lot of things that went wrong for them, and they've just been inconsistent overall. So, I mean, I have to say, I was wrong with that pick, and I think the Ravens, even though I was wrong, I think they've been even worse than I like anybody expected them to be. So,
0: well, you you can't really blame them that much for their their failures because they've been really injured. I mean, they lost jk dobbins and gus edwards before the season even started so that especially with how much uh value they put in the run game that's like the single worst team to lose your two starting running backs as so but i it's still i don't think it was a good pick to begin with
1: no Uh, yeah i i definitely agree with you there and it even with all these injuries it's still a disappointing year the fact that they may not even make the playoffs now we'll see, but you know, it's possible they don't. So yeah, I mean, just disappointing year with injuries and everything else, but yeah, those were our Super Bowl picks. Um, Do we want to get into some of our yearly award predictions? I think some of these are pretty outrageous. Uh, I could actually go first if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Um, For MVP. uh, This may not surprise any of you Rams. I picked Matt Stafford and Mm. while he is not the MVP, he's not going to be the MVP. Um, I think he has played close to an MVP level for part of the season. I think I was right that Matt Stafford going to the Rams would transform him into a borderline elite quarterback. I think he has been up to that, like on par to that uh, prediction. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think this prediction is totally wrong. Um, although it is wrong. He's not going to be MVP. Just want to say that. Um, offensive player of the year. I had Dalvin cook and yeah. Yeah. Um, that's wrong. I mean, he's been injured; hasn't looked as fresh um, this year, mainly partly due to injury, partly due to other stuff. Um, it's not his best season. He did have that one huge game, but that was definitely a miss there. Um, my biggest miss, Coach of the Year, Joe Judge. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I know how outrageous it sounds. Joe Judge is obviously having a really bad year. I was really high on the Giants for some reason. I'll get to that a little bit later. But yeah, that was an awful take. <laughs> my defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. I think this is my most accurate take. I mean, he's not going to win it, but he is in the top two right now. I think TJ Watt's going to win it or, you know, Parsons even maybe now at this point. He's Parsons been
0: definitely could.
1: Yeah, but Miles Garrett, I guess, is in the top three. So, yeah, I think that's a fair take. He's been phenomenal, even on an awful Browns team. And then my last pick was comeback player of the year. I picked Dak. I thought this was the easiest pick of them all. And I don't think he's going to win it, although, you know, the league often gives awards to quarterbacks, even when they don't quite deserve it, in my opinion. So, you know, Nick Boza deserves this award, but we'll see. Um, I had Dak with this one. And then um, my offensive rookie of the year, in my opinion, I had um, starting out, I had Justin Fields for this one. Hasn't quite been that. Um, I would say it's going to Mac Jones, even though probably should go to Creed Humphrey or a receiver. But I think it's going to go to Mac Jones. And then uh, my defensive rookie of the year, I had JC Horn winning this one and injuries have totally derailed that. It's without a doubt, Michael Parsons. So I was not the best in my award predictions.
0: Alex, do you want to do some of yours? Yeah, uh, but once again, on your MVP take, he'll fold like a lawn chair. (laughs) We'll see, we'll see. Anyway, so for my MVP pick, I had Kyler Murray, which if you had asked me that, if you would if we had done this episode halfway through the year i would have been like i'm a genius i'm a time traveler but alas um kyler murray since midseason has been very very below expectations even when he's played which he hasn't played many games since then he has not been very good at all he he seems to be lacking the leadership qualities and we we went over this last episode and it just seemed he's just off since he got that injury and they're missing DeAndre Hopkins. They were missing Rondo Moore. They were missing James Connor. And without those weapons, he just hasn't looked the same. And Cliff Kingsbury isn't, isn't doing him many favors either. So not a great pick, but for defensive player of the year, I had Jair Alexander, which I thought he would be the start of this trend for members of the secondary winning defensive player of the year instead of the edge rushers that always dominate the award. And Jair Alexander, he's been hurt all year pretty much. And even when he's played, he hasn't been dominant. He's not the flashy cornerback that gets a ton of interceptions that's likely to win Defensive Player of the Year. And so that was another big miss. Offensive Player of the Year, another miss. I had Justin Herbert because of the new coaching staff and his, his newfound, not really newfound weapons, Mike Williams did turn out to be good for a few games and then just kind of fell off to back where he was. His offensive line was vastly improved, which was that and the coaching were my big reasons for picking Justin Herbert. But he's been too inconsistent to win it. Offensive rookie. He's been good,
1: though. He's been good. That's not a bad pick, honestly.
0: Offensive rookie of the year, I had Trevor Lawrence because of lack of other options. And it turns out Trevor Lawrence was completely hampered by Urban Meyer, which can't really blame him for that. But still not enough to win the offensive rookie of the year to be honest i don't really know who's going to win it i don't know that mac jones has shown enough to run away with it i don't think jamar chase has shown enough to run away with it creed humphrey won't win because he's a lineman yeah so i don't really know where that's going to go defensive rookie when it of comes year, down
1: when it comes down to it it should be it's either going to be mac jones or i think waddle or chase
0: waddle and could win it waddle's been really good he's really great, consistent
1: I, th- I think it's I think it's going to
0: chase personally. I think if they're they're giving it, if they're giving it to a receiver, it'll be chase instead of Waddle because chase has the, the records and the the flashiness that Waddle doesn't really have at this moment, but Waddle is definitely underrated and he's been amazing for the dolphins so far. Yep. Speaking of the dolphins defensive rookie of the year, I had Jalen Phillips, which was a huge miss. I went with the, uh, the edge rusher theme because I wasn't ready to go full on secondary. And, with, uh, with Jalen Phillips, he has not made much of an impact at all. So I think that – well, not I think. Micah Parsons, that's his award this year. It is. That's he's the been only in, sure one. He's been incredible. Um, Comeback player of the year, I had Nick Bosa. Spot on. Spot on. I, I would like to give myself credit for that one because I just didn't see it with Dak. I didn't think Dallas would be as good as they are. And coincidentally enough, Dak still hasn't been amazing for them. And they've been that great of a team. But I thought Nick Bosa would stand out more. And I was really big on the Niners preseason, as we'll hear later on in this episode. But Nick Bosa has been awesome this year. He has, what, 15 and a half, 16 sacks? And yeah. he's he's been the same dominant Nick Bosa he was in his rookie year. Coach of the year. Another team I was big on is the Chargers, Um, which, no, nah, it's, it's not a good pick still. <laughs> it's not a good pick. They just haven't been consistent enough. Like they've been all right. And Brandon Staley has done a pretty good job, but they just haven't been consistent. You see him leaning a lot into analytics and going for it on fourth down a lot, especially in that Chiefs game. But it just hasn't been enough from Brandon Staley and the Chargers for him to win that award.
1: Yeah. So those are our yearly award predictions. Um, A lot of them weren't great, but, you know, to be fair, there were a lot of injuries Some things just went wrong. Some of our picks were just bad. Um, Some of them were all right, but I think we could have both done better. And I think next year we'll aim to do a little bit better in that category. But I think there were some unfortunate events that went down that made some of our picks a little
0: bit worse than they should be. No, mine were just mine were just stupid for the most part.
1: (laughs) Some of them, but mine were just dumb. Um, The next thing we're going to be talking about is. Our beginning of the year disappointing teams and surprising teams. We each picked two or one, no, one uh, surprising team and one disappointing team, and this is even worse than my picks. I I can start. Um, I'll do my, um, disappointing team first. <laughs> um, for you're, my get, you're team, that surprising. What you're you're putting that one off, huh? I'm, I don't want to talk about either of these. Oh, okay. For for my disappointing team, I had the Cincinnati Bengals, and. Yeah, as you could probably see by their record, they are not disappointing at all right now. They're leading the, their division. The
0: division-leading Cincinnati Bengals.
1: <laughs> yes, and if, if you've been watching football, which I assume if you're listening to this, you probably do watch football and care about football, you would know that Joe Burrow just had a, a historic performance against that Ravens team in secondary. The Higgins, so, too. T. Higgins, too. Not quite historic. Joe Burrow was the historic one. That wasn't historic. 500,
0: 500 yards. That's not, that's nothing insane. Like it's it's, it's amazing, but touchdowns. that's not unheard of. It's not unheard of, but that's a historic
1: performance. He's what fourth or fifth all time in passing yards in a single game with that must, high of a passer rating. That's pretty I must good. I must've
0: missed that. It's historic.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, anyway, um, the reasoning for this was, you know, looking at that Bengals defense, first off, at the beginning of the year, you can't blame me. This Bengals defense is just totally like, I mean, looking at it on paper, there wasn't much to be excited about, but a lot of veterans who are just so-so have really taken it upon themselves to, you know, play way above expectations. Guys like, you know, Larry Ogunjobi having a career year, Trey Hendrickson, they get him in free agency. And he right now, is tied for the NFL record for most consecutive games with a sack. I believe it's 11, which is ridiculous. That's the NFL record. If he gets a sack next game, he breaks it. Guys like even Eli Apple, Von Bell, Jesse Bates has obviously always been amazing, but he he's still having a good year. DJ reader has been great as a D tackle this year. So that defense has really stepped up. And then, you know, so that's one thing I was really skeptical about their defense and then looking at their offense, I hated their offensive line. I thought Jackson Carmen was an awful pick, and I really didn't like that they took Jamar Chase over an offensive lineman. But their offensive line has been pretty good. And then Chase has, been, has transformed that offense. Joe Burrow has looked fantastic. Mixon's healthy. T. Higgins is a 6'4 god at receiver. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was wrong about this team I really was I did not think any of this would come together like it did I had them at four and 13 record prediction at the beginning of the season so yeah I was very wrong about this and I still think Joe Burrow is a little overrated I think he's been a li- very inconsistent he's forced too many passes he shouldn't but when he's on he's on and he has a bright future in front of him especially if these weapons stay and if this team could stay intact like it is right now so completely wrong about the Cincinnati Bengals Um,
0: Alex do you want to go over your disappointing team yeah um, the one I picked it's not as much of a hot take as Michael's Cincinnati Bengals but I said that Washington would disappoint this year and to me they certainly have their record isn't all that bad they're six and nine but they just They've been really, really, really disappointing these last couple of weeks. They just come out there and look like they don't want to play football. You see their week 16, they got trounced by Dallas, 56 to 14. And that last touchdown was garbage time too. So in reality, it was like 56 to 7. So with Washington, I saw that they have the talent on their roster. But to me, they just lack the quarterback position. They just don't have anyone that I would trust there throwing the ball to guys like Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. We've talked about it this, this year before I had, I talked in depth about how I think Washington is a quarterback away from being a very competitive team. And I think ultimately this season they've showed that. So I'm going to give myself a win on that prediction.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that's a win. Definitely much more of a win than my Bengals prediction. Washington has not looked great, especially as of recent, that Cowboys game was ugly. It was very ugly. Yeah. Um, Let's get into some of the teams that we thought were going to be surprising this year. Some teams that, you know, maybe dark horse to make the playoffs or even go further and win the Super Bowl, potentially. Um, this one's rough. <laughs> and this is also another rough one. I'm sorry. These look really bad, but I promise you there's reasoning behind this. <sighs> coach of the year. Remember my coach of the year?
0: Oh, I remember. Giants coach.
1: I Go on. Go Guess why? On. Guess why? Go because on. the Giants were my surprising team of the year. And yeah, most people, in fact, not most people, I was one of the only people preaching the Giants for this year. I was one of the only people saying that they were going to be good. And I know I I look like an idiot now, but let me explain. Okay. Third year, Daniel Jones. Third year year, Daniel Jones, he showed some promise, but way too many turnovers that was one thing that had to get fixed if the Giants, if the Giants wanted to be good, that was one thing that had to get fixed. And it did. It kind of did. It it sort of did, although he's just been injured. And that's also not good. That's also a, an issue. But I loved the talent that the Giants surrounded Daniel Jones with. Saquon Barkley, healthy this year. You know, going into the season, he was supposed to be healthy. And that's been sort of iffy. Um, Kenny Galladay, huge contract. I love Kenny Galladay. Hasn't quite worked out how they thought it would. Kadarius Toney, rookie I love, has been great, but they're not utilizing him correctly. They have Shepard, Slayton, Evan Ingram. Even Kyle Rudolph can still catch touchdowns. Oh, come on.
0: But like Let's let's
1: be real now. (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, Their (laughs) offensive line, while it's bad, it has some potential going into the season, and it still does. Andrew Thomas has proven that he could be a great left tackle. This year, he's been great. There's some other young guys. I mean, Will Hernandez is still sort of young. Matt Scura is a pretty good left guard. Um, Billy Price, not a great center. Just just in general, I mean, I feel like this offense could have performed so much better than it did. And defense was the other thing that I was looking at. I mean, the Giants defense towards the second half of last year was a top 10 slash top 15 defense in the league. And they added some talent. They, add, they got a Dory Jackson. They got Xavier McKinney, Aziz Ojalari. They just added guys that I loved. So, I mean, looking at it, it was like I kind of thought that NFC East wasn't going to be as good this year. I didn't think Cowboys were going to be as good. And I thought the Giants were going to sneak into maybe a wild card spot or possibly win the division at like 10-7 and seven or something like that. Uh, but I was wrong. And I think a lot of it has to do with injuries. I think, you know, if everything worked out, I think the Giants could have actually had a winning record still. I still believe that, but I'm going to take the L on this one.
0: Yeah. Uh, see, that's what New Year's is about. It's about getting together with friends and reflecting on things and having a great laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Yikes, the real story with the Giants is the defense. Their defense has been putrid and the only games they've won this year have been against notable superstar quarterbacks, uh, Sam Darnold, Jalen Hurts and James Winston, <laughs> yeah, but you could see why no, I would. Derek Carr, been... Derek Carr, that was a good defensive performance. Have but no, I, I, I thought... do see the rationale. I, yeah. jo- all yeah. jokes aside, I do see the rationale. Yeah, their defense should probably have been a lot better than they really were, and I could see that you believed in Daniel Jones to improve along with the weapons that he had, and I could, I could see how they became a really good team. It's just, it's the Giants. Come on, though. I know it's the Giants. It was just a very
1: bold take, and I thought I was going to be the only one who was right about it, but I was the only one who was wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> And thankfully, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm happy about it, but I'm also sad that I was you so the wrong. You mean same, the same Giants that beat us three weeks ago? Okay, let,
0: let's not talk about that. <laughs> Go to your take. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> so my surprising team before the season, I, as I alluded to before, is the 49ers. Now I was really, really high on the 49ers all offseason. I was all in on Trey Lance. I was all in on Kyle Shanahan's ability to coach up Trey Lance in the 49ers run game. And I mean, they haven't disappointed necessarily, but they also haven't really gone above expectations. They're eight and seven. They just lost the Titans on Thursday night. And the real thing about the Niners, just like the Giants is that the defense has been lackluster. The Their entire secondary has been hurt all year, leading them to start guys like Ambry Thomas or Josh Norman is playing for them. And so with guys like that, starting in your secondary, there's just no way to be a excellent football team. They're still going to win games because of their excellent offense, including guys like Debo Samuel and Eli Mitchell have been amazing through the air and on the ground this year. And Jimmy Garoppolo, has been he, he's had a pretty good year I can't lie I'm not a big Jimmy G fan and I was pounding the table for Trey Lance and we're we are going to get to see some Trey Lance this this uh, week against Houston but Jimmy Garoppolo has had a very good year by all accounts and I think that we could still see the Niners sneak into the playoffs in fact I think the Niners are actually guaranteed the second wild card spot judging by their schedule and so we're going to see a divisional matchup of the Niners versus the Rams. If the season were to end today and the Niners typically have the Rams number. So I think that could end really well for the Niners. But once you get past that game, I don't think they're going to get much further.
1: Uh, you know, I disagree with that. They're not beating the Rams, um, but I, I I disagree with you. I think the Niners, I mean, I think they've been disappointing this year and I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't think your take was right in the beginning. I thought that division was too strong uh, for the Niners to be a surprisingly good team. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm Seattle, surprised. they I'm surprised Seattle they made that didn't turn out to be good. That's true. Yeah. um But one thing, an interesting question I just want to bring up real quick, not really related to this at all. But if Jimmy G wins a playoff game, do you think that keeps him in town
0: for another no, year? No, no, Jimmy g has gone. Wow. Okay. I mean, they didn't, they didn't trade everything for Trey Lance just to not play him for two years. I mean, they're not the Packers. Like they could be the Packers. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is no Aaron Rodgers, my friend. What if Jimmy G leads them to the AFC or NFC championship game? I don't think there's anything that Jimmy Garoppolo could do to make them start him again next year
1: fair enough. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that statement. We'll see how things progress in training camp. but yeah, uh, those were our those were our disappointing teams and surprising teams at the beginning of the year. As you could see, we got some things wrong. but that's what this is about. We're reflecting on our mistakes and analyzing them. and that makes it okay. And now let's get to some of our podcast takes that we've had through this year. Our first big one that we had, was that the Kansas City Chiefs were done. Around mid-November, after they had two straight wins, they they were ugly wins, but they were two straight wins over the Giants and the Packers. We had a little chat, Alex and I, and we were like, we, we, we raised the question, are the Kansas City Chiefs done? Is there any shot that the Kansas City Chiefs are gonna return to form and maybe win the AFC, maybe win their division? And we both were like, we don't think so. We think they're done. And since we said that they have won every single game on their schedule, they have. And we addressed this af- next week after they destroyed the Oakland Raiders, uh, we, we addressed this. We were like, OK, well, if they continue to play like that, if Mahomes can, you know, continue slinging the ball to his weapons, then, yeah, we think that the Chiefs can actually be one of the best teams in the league. And that's just common sense, you know. If Mahomes could get things going, nobody can really stop him. We've talked about this before. Mahomes is special. Uh, but one thing I want to say is that that we didn't take into account was the Chiefs' defense. Um, in the beginning of the season, the Chiefs' defense was atrocious, and somehow, some way, they make a 360 turnaround and turn into one of the better slash, You could even argue one of the best defenses in the league over the last five, six, seven weeks. They've been shutting out teams. They've been, you know, really winning the turnover battle. And that was something that they had a lot of issues with at the beginning of the year. So the Kansas City Chiefs are legit right now, even despite Mahomes having sort of an off year with Kelsey having sort of an off year, even with all that going on, the Kansas City Chiefs are truly a contender again. And I think they're making a deep playoff run. We we just talked about this. So yeah, we were wrong in that episode to say they were done. I, I really think we should have reevaluated a little
0: bit and realized we were talking about Pat Mahomes here and this Chiefs team. Well, yeah. to me, it's pretty simple on what happened with the Chiefs. But in all fairness to us, we didn't say the Chiefs were done. We said that we thought the Chiefs would still make the playoffs, but they wouldn't do much in the playoffs, which is still a very different take than what I just said in this episode that I think they're going to make the Super Bowl. But... Yeah, like you said, the defense made a complete three hundred and sixty. They've been shutting teams down for the most part. The Chargers—they gave up twenty-eight points to, but since week um, nine, no, I, I'm not going to give us a number. But since we made that episode, the highest game, the highest point total they've given up besides against the Chargers was fourteen points. And funny enough, they gave up nine points exactly three weeks in a row. I don't know that that's ever since happened. Week since week eight. Since week eight. Funny enough, yep. nine points exactly three weeks in a row they gave up. Until, I don't know that that's until, ever happened, but. After week eight,
1: they gave up the most points was 14 until week 15 when they gave up 28. But that was that crazy comeback win against the Chargers in overtime. So
0: Yeah, and another huge, the main thing with the Chiefs is that even if they had a bad defense, they could still succeed with their offense. But their offense looked generally anemic for the most part when we made that episode. They scored three against Tennessee. They got blown out by Tennessee. And then against the Giants in Green Bay, they didn't look good at all. And the offense just since then has been the Kansas City Chiefs again. The Raiders came into Arrowhead and had a team meeting on their logo. And then the Kansas City put up 50 on them after putting up 41 on them the game before. And Chargers, Pittsburgh, those games, they put up 30-plus. And the offense is just – been the chiefs again pat mahomes is pat mahomes again and i think that when the defense is firing on all cylinders and the offense is up there to what it used to be the chiefs are the team to beat in the afc they are yeah so i don't i don't think
1: that's debatable in my opinion when the chiefs are at their best they're the best team in the afc
0: yeah you can't really debate that and so I will give us a little bit of credit from what we saw when we made that episode, the chiefs did not look inspiring at all. They, they looked defeated and I'll give the chiefs even more credit for turning it around. I will too. Yeah. I'll give them a lot of credit. So the next, another big episode we had was if the Bengals were legit. Now we had this talk and it was, after the Ravens game, uh, when the first game that is for two hundred. Jamar yards. Chase had a crazy game. Yeah, and we 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 ultimately concluded that the Bengals were legit, and I don't know how I can, I don't know that I can keep up with that. The Bengals are division leading. We went over that with your with your take about them preseason, but I still don't know that I have the confidence in the Bengals. They're just so inconsistent that. I don't know that I can call them legit. I think they have the potential to make an AFC championship game run, or they also have the potential to lose in the wildcard game. So I just, I can't give a consistent answer on this one. I just would like to say,
1: um, this year has, every team has been super inconsistent. There has been no standout team. And you could say, oh, the Green Bay Packers, but the Green Bay Packers being the best team in the league right now, if you compare that to every other year, they would be one of the worst, best teams in the league over the last decade. That's just what it comes down to. they you know, pretty much every year, if you look back, there's been one or two teams that have just stood out record-wise, play-wise, consistency-wise for the most part, who have dominated. And this year that, you know, that has not been the case. Most teams are hovering around, you know, the middle amount of wins. Most teams are putting up a great game and then a bad game. So I think it's harder this year than any other year to decide if a team's legit or not. But from what I've seen, they're leading their division. Uh, they're definitely making the playoffs. Um, I think the Bengals are legit and I don't, I don't think they're making it far in the playoffs, but I'm saying long-term I think the Bengals are legit. And yeah, I mean, th- that's just my take on that. Um, see
0: the problem with the Bengals with me is you'll see them blow out a team like the Ravens who was, is- on a really hot streak at the time. And then right after we made that, that episode, funny enough, they lost to the jets. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's the problem with them to be, they they'll go and just play like the best team you've ever seen. And then the, the next week they'll go and get blown out by some really, really underwhelming team. You saw it against the chargers. They, they blew out Pittsburgh the week before, and then they went down by three scores in the beginning of the chargers game. And ultimately lost by another three scores. So I just, they're too inconsistent for me.
1: I get that. But you also have to understand young quarterback, young receivers, new and young offensive line, and then a defense that is still figuring itself out. So, you know, I think that inconsistencies, a lot of it's coming from inexperience. I think with more experience, with correct, some good and correct draft picks, in the future, I think the Bengals are sure to be legit. And I think they are legit for the future. As I long agree as with Joe you. Burrow and chase and, you know, all these weapons, you know, Jesse Bates on defense. I think they'll be legit as long as they keep that core of young star players on their team. I but agree yeah, with you. Um, I, I do get what you're saying. And, you know, there's an interesting matchup this week. We, we just talked about the chiefs and Bengals, and I know we're going to do some rapid fire picks later, but let's just get it over with now. Who do you think is going to win this one Alex?
0: Chiefs versus Bengals. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I just found out that that's the game this week. But off the top of my head, I st- still – mm, you know what? Hot take, Bengals. I think this is one of the blow-up weeks again. They're going to go back-to-back blow-up weeks, and people are going to be wow. talking a lot about the Bengals this week. Wow. I disagree with that one. I got 41 points for the
1: Chiefs. I got 28 for the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to start off hot. Chiefs are going to blow them out of the water come fourth quarter. That's just my opinion. We'll see. These are two very, very good teams at their best. And, you know, we just talked a lot about both of these teams. So there are obviously important teams this year. This is going to be one of the best games, I think, of the year, if things turn out how they should. So it's an exciting one. Okay. Um, another thing that we talked about in our episodes or in our podcasts, um, this year was we did our top 10 teams lists. This was, I believe around week 10, week 11, we did our top 10 teams lists. And there were two teams in the same division, the Bills and the Patriots, where Alex and I almost flip flopped in placement. I had the Patriots, which was sort of a hot take at this time. Actually, it wasn't week 10, it was a little bit earlier. Cause I remember the Patriots, I had the Patriots at number four, and that was a little bit of a hot take then. It was Alex, it, it actually was right after week 10. Oh, okay. So yeah, week 10, but still that was a little bit of a hot take then. And so I had the uh, Patriots at four and the Bills at eight, and you had the Bills at five and the Patriots at eight. And so we, we basically flip-flopped these teams and we had a lot of arguments about it. We both just disagreed with each other. Um, and I think we should debate now about who's right and who's wrong. If our original takes were right six, seven weeks ago when we uh, originally predicted this. And I'll start out first by saying um, I have had full faith in my prediction until these last two weeks. And the reason why is because of Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is maybe the most overrated quarterback in the league this season. And it really comes down to, you know, he's had the easiest time sitting in this easy system. Bill Belichick's giving him. And a really easy job. He's just dumping off the ball to different playmakers. And he he really hasn't had to extend the ball downfield that much this year. I mean, we even saw in that Buffalo game, they didn't pass at all because Bill Belichick didn't trust him. They just stuck to the run because that's what works. The passing game isn't what excels that Patriots offense. They couldn't pass that game. Josh Allen was passing that game. And
0: not effectively. No, but he was like Josh Allen. Josh Allen was passing because the Bills don't and can't run the ball.
1: Exactly. But the Patriots can run the ball, and they have a great defense. But the thing that's holding them back is they can't pass. The last two weeks, this is what I was getting to. The last two weeks, the Patriots have lost to two teams. They lost to the Colts, and they lost to who did they play last week? I'm blanking.
0: Um, Let me check this
1: real quick. I'm sorry about this. do. I know that they lost both of the games, though. Buffalo, Buffalo. yeah, exactly. Buffalo, exactly. Speaking speaking of which. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of which, Buffalo. So they lost to two teams who are around the same skill level as them. They finally played two opponents that are, you know, up to par with them, and they lost in both of them. And it came down to the fact that Mac Jones could not pass the ball. Once the Patriots defense let the Colts and the Bills lead, they let them in front. They didn't defend as well as they normally do because they're not, they're playing much better offensive offenses. Mac Jones couldn't do anything to get the Patriots back into the game because he's not that guy. In my opinion, he's not that guy. And it's a big issue. Come playoff time. You're going to be playing teams who are going to be putting up 30, 35 points. And you need Mac Jones to really play his best games or else they're not going to win. So while I do think the Patriots at their best are one of the strongest teams in the league, I personally don't know if I'm right with this one. you know, these last two weeks have really proven to me that I think Mac Jones isn't as good as I thought he originally was. And come playoff time, I personally am flip-flopping my opinion. I think the Bills are going to make it further than the Patriots are. I think the Bills are going to make it to the AFC championship game. And I think the Patriots are either going to, you know, um, depending on where they go in the playoffs, I think they're either going to get out wildcard round or divisional round. I don't think they're making it any further than that because of Mac Jones's inability to pass the ball. Well,
0: so, yeah. You know oh, what, Michael? Much- I'm glad we finally agree, because I said that you putting the Patriots at number four was outrageous in that episode. And it, it to this day remains outrageous. But I do kind of like your Buffalo placement because I, I had the Buffalo Bills at number five and the Patriots at number eight. And I think that's a little too high for both of these teams. If we're looking at it right now, I think Buffalo is more in the six to seven range and the Patriots more in the 10, 11 range but we definitely have seen the Patriots weaknesses exposed and they really just can't pass the ball with the, with the best of the teams. And to me, the big issue with the Patriots at that time was that I hadn't really seen them dominate. Like they were playing well, but they didn't stand out to me as a top five team. Let me
1: interject. No, you're wrong. They, they were dominating and it, The issue is Mac Jones, but that defense, when it's on, it's the best defense in the league. I'm just saying that it is. They they were so good this year, especially against bad opponents. But still, they just completely have dominated on the defensive side of the ball, and with inferior, with not inferior. I don't know why I was yes inferior. No, no, no. With with dominated inferior competition with not so good running backs, they have been able to dominate
0: the run game
1: completely. Stop it.
0: Damian Harris is extremely talented, and so is Ramondre Stevenson. That is not a fair statement to say that they're not a, they're not good.
1: Neither of them are top 25 running backs in the league right now. Oh, stop it. I mean, Damian Harris, borderline. Ramondre, no way. No way. No way Damian
0: he- Harris is outside the top 25.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I would have to make a list. Maybe he would be on mine. I may be exaggerating a little bit but he's not a top 15 running back. Do you think
0: he's a top 15 running back? Top 15? I would, again, just like you, I would have to make a list, but I think he could be there. Nah. Like on the low end of that. I don't
1: think Damien Harris is anything special. I don't think Ramondre is anything special. I think Belichick knows how to coach a team. And if everything goes right with Belichick's coaching, I think that they still, you could argue are one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, that's what comes down to If If he could get Mac Jones together if you could you know give him a really easy assignment and just let them run and let the defense work and operate i think that the patriots may actually go further than i said originally but just mac jones is just so bad that that's my take but i think it's it's silly to say the patriots weren't dominating at all i'm sorry i
0: interrupted you please continue yeah no i that was wrong of me to say they weren't dominating they weren't beating the good teams they they did dominate inferior teams, like the Browns and the Panthers and the Jets, but I just didn't see enough out of them to call them a top five against good competition. And I, I just don't think that Mac Jones has enough at this current moment to win playoff games. They Mm -hmm. might win one in the rough weather. If they play someone like Buffalo, Buffalo is not an ideal matchup or new England is not an ideal matchup for Buffalo because Buffalo can't stop the run. And new England is a excellent running team so if they get the right matchup in the playoffs they might be able to sneak a playoff win in but I don't think they'll do much more than that agreed there
1: and like you said I mean it's not an ideal matchup but if Josh Allen gets going I don't think there's any way Mac Jones keeps up so yeah definitely gonna need which, to rely on that run game and defense stopping their opponent that's exactly what we saw this past week yeah. they just could not contain Josh Allen Josh but, Allen was the best player on the field and nobody could stop him, and they couldn't do
0: anything about it. So exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think spirit, we're in
1: agreement there. Now, in, at least.
0: Yeah. In spirit of it being new year's Eve, we're going to go over a couple teams, new year's resolutions, some teams that may have disappointed this past year and are definitely in need of some uh, retooling or rebuilding. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the Cleveland Browns, uh, the Cleveland Browns after making a deep playoff run last year, really did not do as well as everybody expected this year. They're seven and eight right now. And Baker Mayfield has not looked like the answer at all. And their defenses look pretty putrid too. So to start, since I'm going to go in chronological order, I'm going to start with free agency. And to me with free agency, they don't really have a lot of huge needs. They definitely do need some interior defensive line help. So I'm going to have them signing Linval Joseph from the Chargers. But outside of that, I don't really think there's that much they could do. They could look to sign a deep threat receiver to, to maybe be an upgrade over Donovan Peoples-Jones, maybe like a Will Fuller they could look to get, maybe on the cheap after his down year. But outside of that, I'm not sure there's a lot they could do in free agency. So here's where the, uh, the scenario gets a little ridiculous. I'm going to have Cleveland trading Baker Mayfield to Washington and in return Washington is going to give them a second round pick and a fourth round pick and I think that's decent value because Baker Mayfield he's still a former first overall pick He still has shown that he has the talent to take them deep into the playoffs and he can dominate games but this past season he just hasn't looked like himself he has been injured and he did have COVID but I just I don't think he's the answer for them. And Washington, as I've said many times on this podcast before, is in need of a quarterback, a steady quarterback. And I think Baker Mayfield could definitely benefit a lot from being in Washington. They have a great pass catching running back in Antonio Gibson. They have an unbelievable receiver in Terry McLaurin. So I think Baker could be in some great uh, positions there in Washington to succeed. And I think Cleveland would do well moving away from him. Now to replace Baker Mayfield. I have them trading for Jimmy Garoppolo from the Niners. And I think that'll take a second and a third. So, and that allows Trey Lance to step up in San Francisco, like I believe is bound to happen no matter where Jimmy G goes. But in this case, Jimmy Garoppolo goes to Cleveland, where I think that's the perfect scenario for him. They have this amazing run game, the same way he had in, 49, in San Francisco the year they went to the Super Bowl in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. He does lack a little bit in weapons here, but they still have guys like David Njoku, Austin Hooper, um, Jarvis Landry, and an amazing offensive line to support that run game. So to supplant that lack of weapons that he has with the the Cleveland Browns first pick, number 14th overall as it stands, I'm going to have them getting Ohio State receiver Garrett Wilson in the first round. And I think that really gives them the number one weapon that they've been lacking. Garrett Wilson is a very large frame and makes these um, unbelievable athletic grabs, and he still can run routes exceptionally well. He does have some injury concerns, but I think that his talent and athleticism are going to be enough to overcome that and still make him a first round pick and the missing piece for that Cleveland Browns offense.
1: So I love that Garrett Wilson pick. I don't think he'll be there at 14 for the Browns. You never know though he may make it there I think he's the best receiver in the draft class but oh my gosh man that trade is awful which one <laughs> Baker man for Garoppolo getting you Garoppolo think it, you think turn? it's too much I, I I am not trading Baker Mayfield away one thing that you said oh, was that was no. very important is that you said I don't think you think you have to know First off, Baker has had two really bad seasons or two mediocre slash bad seasons and two somewhat good to good seasons. And at this point, you can't really dictate if he's the answer or not. I think they just have to roll with him one more year and see when when everyone's healthy, when everything's working and operating correctly, and just see if he can do anything in his fifth year. But I mean, for Jimmy Garoppolo,
0: really, you really think Jimmy Garoppolo is an (laughs) upgrade over – Baker Mayfield the thing Maybe with the slightly. browns let me let me go the thing okay. with the browns is that baker mayfield will lose you games baker mayfield will kill you in games but he also has the games where he'll have the the four or five touchdown games and well that is a good quality to have those blow up games i just don't think that you can get away with the inconsistency that baker mayfield brings with jimmy g He won't necessarily win you any games. He might every once in a while. But Jimmy G also will not kill you in games for the most part with three, four turnover games like we see Baker Mayfield having. I think Jimmy G brings that consistency that the Browns need because that roster is so talented. And for them to be going seven and eight because of this poor quarterback play is just ridiculous. I think Jimmy G is the beacon of consistency that they need.
1: No, I I just disagree with you there. I think the Browns faults are more than just Baker. The offense is just really one dimensional right now. And the defense just is playing, not playing up to expectations in my opinion. And then when you look at it, Jimmy G is so injury prone. He's 30. He's way older than Baker. You know what you're getting out of him. There's not really any more potential with Jimmy G. He's not going to blossom into anything new. He's not going to transform that offense. I really think the offense needs better weapons. It needs better play calling. And yeah, it's going to need a healthy quarterback and Jimmy G's no more healthy than Baker Mayfield will be. I mean, there's injury concerns this year. There's been injury concerns ever since he got to San Francisco, It's just a bad, it's just a bad deal in my opinion, but you know, I do like some of the other moves you made. I, I just think that's ridiculous. They're not getting rid of Baker Mayfield. Although I don't know, maybe it would benefit them if Jimmy G could stay healthy, but I I just personally don't like it. I don't know. It's my opinion. Um, But Um, I'm going to be doing a team in the same division as you for my New Year's resolution. And I'm doing the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been not good this year. And, you know, there's a couple reasons why. But the number one reason is because, in my opinion, is because Ben Roethlisberger is not an adequate starter anymore. He's even admitted this year that this is his last year. Pretty likely. I mean, this is his last year that he's going to be playing football and it makes sense. He looks awful out there on the field, even with pretty good weapons, not a good line, but still pretty great weapons. He hasn't been able to make things happen. The defense has kept them in some games that they really shouldn't have been in. And a lot of their wins have been pretty ugly. So the seven, seven and one Pittsburgh Steelers are looking to make many changes in New Year's resolutions for next year. And number one is quarterback. I think as you know, if I'm a the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think personally I'm going after Russell Wilson or, you know, depending on legal situations, Deshaun Watson. Big splash. If you could get one of these two quarterbacks, this could totally transform your offense and bring the Pittsburgh Steelers back into relevancy. Dare I say, bring them back to being the best team in their division. I know, crazy, but still, one of these quarterbacks would be huge. Now, that's pretty unrealistic. So some other options, I think drafting a quarterback actually wouldn't be that bad. Um, there's not that many great quarterbacks in this draft. One guy who I think is the best quarterback in this draft is Matt Corral. I don't think he'll be there for that Steelers pick. So, you know, um, two rookies that they could look at getting Kenny Pickett, um, Pitt quarterback, bring him to Pittsburgh. He's not great in my opinion, but he could be the answer at quarterback potentially another guy who they could get a little bit later, Malik Willis. Don't love him either, but still another option. Or you could look to, you know, trade for a veteran, look in free agency for somebody. But I really think Russell Wilson is the move there at quarterback for the Steelers. And then some things really big things they need to do is improve that O-line. Um, there's a lot of good centers and guards that are going to be in free agency. Brandon Scherf going to be a free agent. I think signing him would be huge. Another, you know, Ryan Jensen is a free agent. He's a center. Um, I think he's he may get re-signed, maybe picked up by somebody else, but if he, you know, becomes a free agent and they have potentially a chance of getting him, he's been a huge piece of that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line. So getting him would be big. Um, there's some other big names that they could uh, get at center, but, you know, those were just a couple that I wanted to talk about. And then another thing is just making sure that their defensive line is healthy. Um, Stefan Tuit has been hurt all year he hasn't played a single snap and he's a big piece of that defensive line he's a player that they really need and you know um if i believe correctly he may be leaving after this season so that's a guy you want to maybe replace if you can't get him back maybe look for some um defensive end, defensive tackles in the draft i know they have a strong line but still you want to make sure it maintains strong and so you know these are just some of the suggestions i have for the steelers but i think russell wilson and maybe getting a guy like brandon scherf would completely, completely transform that team and that offense, especially when you have guys like Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, who are superstars. So, yeah, that's what
0: I have to say about the Steelers. I do agree with you there, but I think you should have put a little more emphasis on the on that offensive line. That offensive line has been putrid this year, and a big reason of why Big Ben, instead of looking like he's 40, he looks like he's 70.
1: So Yeah.
0: And Najee Although- Harris just, I feel like, hasn't been able to excel without that having even an average offensive line. So I think that offensive line needs to be their number one priority this year, even with the quarterback, quarterback issue. Priority. If you get Wilson or Watson, I don't think it
1: matters what, oh, I mean, it does matter to us well, we, We've We're seen part. those two
0: with bad offensive lines before.
1: Wilson has played great with
0: bad offensive lines. Oh, that's what I'm saying. They've been great yeah, with a bad offensive exactly. line. So but... I mean,
1: Watson has too. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think quarterback's number one, but yeah, you're right. Offensive line is definitely their number two. And like I said, center and guard, they definitely have to target in the draft or great free agents that are upcoming for this year. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's it for our team's New Year's resolutions. And lastly, like every week, we will be doing our rapid fire picks. I'm so excited for this week. I know it's going to be great. Let's get into it. First game of the week, we have the Falcons versus the Bills. And I'm going to pick – no, I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm picking the, the, the uh, Buffalo Bills in this one. I would
0: have yelled. I would have yelled. Yeah, I know. I,
1: <laughs> I was trying to make a joke, but, yeah, there's, there's no way the Bills don't win this one. I got the Bills pretty comfortably
0: winning this game. Next, we've got Giants at Bears, and with the performance the Giants just put up against the Eagles, there is no way I can pick uh, against the Bears this week. So I'm going to go Bears by at least a touchdown. Okay.
1: Uh, Chiefs-Bengals, we already set our predictions on that. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Alex, with a hot take, said the Bengals are going to win. That's going to be exciting. We'll see. Definitely going to be a high-scoring game. And, yeah, excited for that one.
0: Next, we have Dolphins at Titans. And you know what? I'm going to go with another hot take. I think the Dolphins are going to win this one. I think the Dolphins are going to stay hot. And I am I just keep picking against the Titans, and it keeps ending up biting me. But I'm going to keep doing it, so I'm going to go Dolphins by a field goal. Wow. With the next
1: one, we have the Raiders versus the Colts. And this is a pretty good game, but the Colts are red hot right now. And I don't think they can be stopped. I don't think the Raiders are the team to stop them. I think Jonathan Taylor and the Colts beat the Raiders
0: by a couple scores. Next, we have Jaguars at Patriots. And, I mean, come on now. Moving on.
1: (laughs) Moving on. Next one, Buccaneers versus Jets. Do I really need to say? Same thing. Just kidding. Jets are no bucks are winning this one.
0: Same thing. Uh, Continue the next one. Next. I've got Rams at Ravens. And I just don't think the Ravens are healthy enough to beat a team like the Rams, maybe in the beginning of the season, but I got Rams by 10 points.
1: Next we have the Broncos versus the chargers. And while this may look, while it may seem evident to you that the chargers are the better team, the Broncos are only one game behind the chargers. And this is a divisional matchup. Both teams are going to be playing super hard. I think it's going to be a close game, surprisingly, but I think the Chargers
0: ultimately win this one. They're just a better team. That's hilarious that they both have like equally the same record when I feel like there's such a big gap in those teams. Next, we've got the Eagles at Washington, and there's no way for me to pick Washington after that game last week. Eagles by a million. Next, Texans versus
1: 49ers, and – I'm not high on the 49ers, but there's no way that the Texans beat them. I know the Texans have been surprising recently with Davis Mills, but I just can't see
0: the the 49ers lose this one. I think Trey Lance is going to have a good game. Next, we have Cardinals at Cowboys, which is a huge matchup this week. And last year, we saw the Cardinals beat the Cowboys in Jerry World. And so this week, I think that Dallas is actually going to get their revenge on Arizona for that game last year and i think that dallas is going to win by at least a touchdown the cardinals have looked off and i dallas has been hot so
1: okay next one we have panthers versus saints Taysom hill is back
0: and i have the saints winning this one by a score next we've got two very 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 bad teams lions at seahawks it's the lions i gotta go seahawks (laughs) fair enough Next, Vikings versus Packers.
1: Another divisional matchup. Last time that they played each other, the Vikings won in a surprising fashion. But I can't pick against the Packers. I have the Packers winning this one by 6 to 10 points.
0: Especially with no Kirk
1: Cousins. Oh, yeah. I I totally slipped my mind. Yeah, no Kirk Cousins. Actually, run that score up a little bit. I have the the (laughs) Packers winning by 20 points. Sorry about that. Kellen and
0: Mond is not a good quarterback. Kellen Mond is starting. Oh, that's going to be exciting. I bet. Actually, is he starting? I, I heard a sh- thing that Sean Mannion might be starting. That's what I heard, too. But anyway.
1: With, either of them will both be bad. Anyway, with continue. our
0: last prediction of the year, we have Browns at Steelers on Monday Night Football. Hey, the two teams we did not use resolutions for. And I'm going to go with the Steelers. The Browns have looked off, even though they almost beat green Bay last week. I just, I think the Steelers are going to get it together this week and win. Okay. That wraps up
1: our rapid fire picks. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for being a loyal listener and fan. We really appreciate all the support we've gotten over this year. Uh, Starting this podcast has been great for the both of us and we both love football. As you could tell, we're very passionate about this. So yeah, thanks so much. Um, You know, I hope everybody listening has a great New Year's Day, and I hope you have a great new year. Um, This podcast is going to have many, many exciting things looking forward in the future, and we're really excited to share a lot of that with you. So um, thanks for coming along for the ride, and I hope you enjoyed. Bye-bye.